Coming up on episode 98 of the JRPG Report, we detail the latest media blast from Square Enix about Final Fantasy VII Remake. There's some stuff you won't want to miss coming up next. Good afternoon, gamers. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 98. My name is James Fisher. I'm your host for the JRPG Report. And I am so glad that I did not record this morning or else I would have missed the latest uh, media dump from Square Enix. They detailed some more goodies about Final Fantasy VII Remake. But unlike how I was concerned last time, this is more just fleshing out things that we already knew and... um, uh, some some new things that just kind of flesh out the entire story. There was no video this time. It was just a bunch of images. Uh, these are more the things that I like to see with some information accompanying them rather than um, ruining in-game experiences, so to speak. And I know some of you might be saying, well, it's pretty much the same thing. It, and maybe it is, but at least in my mind, it's different. We've also got um, some details about the latest uh, Phantom Thief in Persona 5 Scramble. We talked about him previously before, but there was a little more uh, detail shown in the latest trailer. Um, there was a bunch of little stories this week, and so I'm really glad I waited to record so that I would have <clears throat> that big story to talk about you guys with and that is as it is a lot of weeks anymore it's final fantasy 7 remake so let's get right into it um the first thing that they talk about is perhaps not surprisingly the latest character and i'm guessing the last character that we're going to learn anything about for some time is red 13 um some really good images to go along with that. And, you know, these um, these press releases that they do for the game are, uh, assuming you've not played the game, or you need a refresher on some of these characters. So if you hear something that you start rolling your eyes, like, good grief, James, we know this. I'm just reading the release, and it's for the benefit of all. <laughs> So they say he has red fur, sharp claws, and a flaming tail. But Red 13 is no mindless beast. In fact, he's as intelligent and well-spoken as any human. And um, in particular, he's much more well-spoken than pretty much everybody in your party. Uh, In FF7 Remake, he's in, well, let's just call it a tough spot. He's been captured and has been using as a test subject by Shinra scientist Hojo. And then they go on to describe Hojo. And they do give some background on him that uh, I did not know or was not kind of well-known, or at least uh, maybe 16-year-old me don't uh, doesn't remember from back in the day. Uh, they said Hojo is the director of Shinra's Research and Development Division and not a man bound by common ethics or morality. If his experiments require him to take a life, he will do so without hesitation. His scientific acumen is undeniably impressive. In his previous collaborative role, he performed special surgery on soldiers to increase their physical physical strength. In doing so, he helped birth Shinra's elite soldier unit. Now we get some uh, good 
uh, details about Tifa in terms of her battle uh, capabilities. Tifa Lockhart is the brave member of the anti-Shinra group Avalanche, a loyal friend and owner of the best bar in the Sector 7 slums. They say, just ask Wedge. She's also a powerful warrior who takes down opponents with her fast strikes with just her fists and feet. In battle, Tifa is a swift fighter. Repeated presses of the square button will, uh, will let her perform quick combos. She also has a powerful, unique ability. Press the triangle button after a combo, and she will release some more powerful moves. One of those is Whirling Uppercut, which is a powerful upward strike that will send a foe soaring. She has Omni Strike. Tifa slams the enemy with a brutal shoulder barge. And then there's Rise and Fall. They say after a wave of kicks, she finishes with a powerful blow from her fists. Um, she also has uh, her battle abilities. They say that when attacking enemies, you will fill your ATB bar. When it is full, you can use it to launch a special ability. Uh, they say that they, we previously saw area smooths, but what about Tifa? She can unleash True Strike, which hits a enemy directly in front of her. And, of course, there's Dive Kick, the high-power mid-air kick. I'm waiting for Dolphin Kick. That was always my... <laughs> Or somersault; those were some of my favorites. Um, in in the no duh section of it, they highlight some materia and weapons. They say healing materia. It lets you use healing spells like cure and cura. In the shot above, which you would need to see the image, um, Aerith is using Regan. Regan, I'm not sure exactly how, how you say it. I've always said Regan. Uh, a spell that gradually heals a target. For a set amount of time. And then they talk about deadly dodge materia, which lets you turn any attack uh, after evading into a powerful melee strike. Um, they show the picture showing Cloud use it, although any character can equip it as well. And then they highlight, uh, this is my favorite part of this, uh, of this uh, article. They talk about the nail bat. And they say, one of the most fondly remembered weapons from the original game is reimagined in glorious style. As the screenshot shows, and he is, uh, Cloud has uh, just <laughs> completed a, a swing on, on some poor uh, sap. Um, when you equip a new weapon, your character's appearance will change in and out of battle. So that's awesome. I'm guessing that means he's not going to have the bat on his back um, when you're not attacking. That will be good. So this is all brand new, guys. This is where you want to pay special attention. And this is how they're going to flesh this game out into an, a 60 or 80 hour game. There are mercenary quests. Citizens and merchants across Megar will ask Cloud for help. As a jack of all trades, Cloud will help some of will help some of them with these quests, which could be anything from talking down some troublesome monsters to helping find lost cats. They talk about the Sector Seven slums quest. These uh, this request tasks Cloud with taking care of some drakes. If he completes it, he'll be well rewarded. And they show a screen, and it very much reminds me of FF15's quest screen. Uh, it's got six thumbnails on it with pictures. Uh, 
Um, let's see if I can get a little bit closer on this. Chanley's report, rat problem, nuisance in the factory, and lost friends are the four that have um, uh, that you can see what they are, and then there's two with just question marks that you have they have yet to find. So again, this is how they're going to have little side quests going to be completely. Um, completely new experiences and it's really going to let you explore more of Midgard than ever before. They talk about Battle Report and this is the Chadley character. He is a 15 year old research trainee who works under Professor Hojo. Uh, you'll find him in the Sector 7 slums where he researches new types of materia. If Cloud helps out, he'll develop and sell materia for the team. Battle report requests are available from him. He will request you complete various requirements, such as using access material for a certain number of times or defeating enemies in a specific way. Complete these tasks, and he'll develop more material that you can purchase. So that's pretty cool stuff. Um, I guess rather than, and maybe they still have the store that you can buy some material at, uh, materia, not material, um, but this way, you can maybe get some more high-powered stuff or some more useful materia early on in the game. And they they show four different quests at one point that uh, you can take on. Um, Monster Bio Part 1, Magic Elements Part 1, uh, the Stagger Effect Part 1, and the Stagger Effect Part 2 are the quests that you can uh, see in the accompanying image they did talk about one summon summons are powerful types of materia equipped one to a character and they'll be able to bring a powerful island into battle and this one talks about not they talked about more than one but this is chocobo chick and they say we know what you're thinking adorable right how could something so cute and fluffy be dangerous and that is certainly the first impression they say don't be fooled chocobo chick is plenty powerful and will assault your foes with powerful attacks. He is included when you pre-order any edition of FF7 Remake. They do talk about Carbuncle. He's a mystical creature with a ruby attached to its forehead. It gives powerful to allies with the Shining Gem. Now this summon is only in quarter pre-orders of the Digital Deluxe Edition from the PlayStation Store. Uh, finally, you have Cactar, the true icon of the Final Fantasy series, or a true icon. In Final Fantasy VII Remake, this summon uses incredibly powerful needle attack that will always keep that trademark vacant expression. Cactar is available when you pre-order the Deluxe Edition, Digital Deluxe Edition, or the First Class Edition of the game, which I don't believe they have any of those left, last time I saw. Uh, they talk about two environments... Uh, they say FF7 Remake reimagines iconic Megar locations, but also expands them to feature brand new areas that weren't in the original game. Uh, they do show the Mako Reactor. This Mako Reactor sucks out Mako from the core of the planet. The Shinra Electric Company turns it into electricity or liquid gas for cities to produce materia or for other scientific research. Shinra has a total monopoly on the resource and has built several reactors around the world. That said, the safety of these structures has been questioned 
as there has been confirmed accidents in remote locations. More on that in part two of the game. The Corkscrew Tunnel connects the streets of the slums beneath Midgar's Plate to the living areas on the top. The tunnel coils upward in a giant corkscrew through the center of Midgar, and anyone who rides the train are ID-checked here. If an unauthorized intruder is discovered, they are dealt with harshly and quickly. So that is it. We got some good stuff in there. Hopefully um, you were paying attention because uh, in less than two months, we are going to finally have our hands on this game. And And this is certainly starting to answer some of my questions in terms of... What are we going to see? How is this game going to be as long as they claim it's going to be? Hopefully it doesn't have that like dragged out feel to it. It it is more of a authentic, okay, I really did want to explore this area. I didn't just want to run through it or it just be a footnote as you move on to another area. It really feels like you're going to be doing a lot more in each section and getting to explore them fully. And I am all for that. So that was the big story. And, uh, I'm so glad that it came out because it's, like I said, I've got a bunch of things to talk about with you guys today, but nothing. I I was definitely struggling with what I was going to talk about first. And, uh, thank you square Enix. You certainly helped me out there. One other quick piece of FF7 remake news. They last week they did release a basically a single image that they're calling a new key visual for the game, and it shows all the main characters. So they probably had this one a while ago, and they had to wait until they revealed Red 13 because he's he's standing there in it. So you've got the five main characters at the at the end of the road. Um, this would represent, at least in my opinion, this. Looks like it's the very end of their exploration in uh, Midgar. Um, after the after the boss fight at the end of the highway, they're at they're at the end of it with um, the Shinra Power Electric Company's uh, HQ kind of looming in the background, and they're kind of just looking out over the horizon. They say the text accompanying the key visual says, "Combining incredible visuals, stunning world design, a glorious musical store score." Seamless, strategic, action-based combat and a captivating cast of characters, Final Fantasy VII Remake is almost upon us. It's a beautiful image. Uh, Don't get me wrong. You will want to check it out if you haven't already. Um, All the stories we talk about today, as well as the accompanying images and movies, can be found on the Facebook page for JRPG Report. You can join our growing community over there, just like uh, Fardan did not long ago. And uh, you can see, and there's even a few that I may not get to today. So you'll want to at least check that out and maybe um, get everything. I don't talk about absolutely every word in these articles, but I do get uh, quite a few. Um, another story that broke today is we are getting Secure Wars. In the West, um, this was previously known as New Secure Wars in Japan and had the uh, tentative title Project Secure Wars 
in the West? Well, it is dropping the new and the project and will launch for PlayStation 4 on April 28th in the Americas and Europe, Sega announced. It will feature Japanese voiceovers with English, German, French, and Spanish subtitles. Excuse me. The physical launch edition of the game will include a copy of the game, reversible cover artwork featuring the original Japanese box art, and a sticker set of the main characters. Uh, the latest video game entry in the 1996 introduced franchise, Secure Wars, first launched for PS4 in December of 2019 in Japan. Um, a quick overview this is one of Sega's greatest IPs in Japan. Secure Wars debuted on the Sega Saturn in 1996 and quickly grew into a successful franchise, encompassing sequels, spinoffs, anime, manga, and even stage shows. Some of the best creative minds in the anime and Japanese RPG industries have now joined their talents with Sega to bring Secure Wars to a new generation and a new audience in the West. For this reboot, Sega brought back many of the original creators and received major contributions in character designs from a whole host of of individuals that I will butcher their names, so I will not do that. <laughs> um the Imperial Combat Review takes the stage as Tokyo's defense force against a demon threat in this extravagant adventure. Soldiers in wartime, but theater performers in peacetime. The review's flower division is not living up to their legacy and is at risk of being shut down. As newly appointed captain, Shirjuro Kamiyama, it's up to you to turn the team around. During your adventure, you'll interact with a colorful cast of characters via the dynamic lips dialogue system, where what you say and how you say it makes an impact both on and off the battlefield. This flows into the high-energy combat system, featuring giant steam-powered mechs called spiritual armor that can only be piloted by those with strong spiritual power. All this is presented in the style of an exciting anime production, complete with glorious animated sequences and dynamic character arcs will leave you eager for what happens next. Again, that one is coming out on April the 28th. So you'll have 18 days (laughs) to beat FF7 Remake should you try to uh, go into this one. So I'm glad to see this one finally get a... uh, Release date in the West. I can't say this is going to be a game. I'm, I'm certainly not going to pick it up when it comes out. But it is something I'm... I'll say this. I'm much more interested in it now than I used to be. It, it, I, when I first saw it, it looked like a, a quick and easy uh, pass for me. But maybe, maybe down the road, catch it on sale somewhere. It might be something that I would be interested in picking up. Uh, also coming out, um, what is that? Is that today? Yes. Now available is the update for Fire Emblem Three Houses, known as Cindered Shadows. Here are the patch notes. Um, you can now select the Dancer Ensemble costume for the protagonist in unit appearance. You can now change your unit's appearance from the activity section screen on days off and mission days, in addition to changing within your personal quarters while exploring. 
access unit appearance by pressing the L button on the activity selection scene. You can now change the appearance of all characters simultaneously in unit appearance. By doing so, everyone at the bottom of the character list in unit appearance. Add a new support partner for Bernetta in the Crimson Flower chapter. You can now deliver lost items to Ray. In addition, you can now invite Ray to tea parties. Uh, all costumes have been set to display as war in hunting by daybreak, regardless of in-battle settings. The, of course, the new side story center shadows has been added for the expansion pass. Um, you can the new explorer area in the monastery. Speak to the shifty merchant near your personal quarters. You can recruit new characters in the monastery. They can only be recruited during part one. Added new quest activity classes, paralogs related to the new characters, new support conversations. And new costume available for Anna called Tricky Merchant from the Expansion Pass. A new added feature displays breed names for the dogs and cats you can feed around the monastery. Oh, that's that's what we've all been uh, <laughs> all been waiting for. And of course, there's general fixes to all the various bugs. There's as that usually happens. So yeah, if you have been waiting for uh, Cindered Shadows, it is now available as part of the season pass. So you can look forward to to that. Uh, we had a new... Uh, first, they came out with a two-minute video, and a story and gameplay trailer for Sword Art Online, Alicization, Lycoris. And then, like, the next day, they came out with a, a extended four-minute version of the same trailer. So a little bit odd. Maybe somebody uh, uploaded the wrong file or something to uh, to the server. I'm not exactly sure what what happened. It's a very interesting-looking trailer and uh, definitely shows some of the history with the characters that are in it and then shows all the playable characters that you'll be able to uh, use in this one. The game is looking pretty cool. Um, there's four characters. I love it when there's, you know, four characters that are actually running around the screen and then jump right into battle. Um, you know, I love my Tales games, but it would be kind of cool to have your entire party running around the field. That would be, that'd be added. And then showed in the trailer in particular, they were quickly uh, jumping in between uh, all four characters pretty much at will and having no problem uh, doing so. So... We've got a bunch more things to talk about in the second half of the podcast, but let's quickly take a break, have a word from Anchor. Uh, of course, we thank them so much as uh, allowing us to use their platform to push everything out and reach as many people as possible. So we'll take a quick break and have a word from them. Be right back on episode 98 of the JRPG Report. All right, guys, welcome back. We've got a bunch of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, before I do, let's give a shout-out to our newest subscriptions over on the YouTube channel. I do put out some shorter videos from time to time, and then I always put out the video version of the podcast there as well. So we had, um, <laughs> and I don't make these names up, guys. They are they are authentic. You have Bowering the Needle Dance, um, Is Lyrith. FCOGZA, Buno Volcano, and 
Fomblorado. Thank you guys. Sorry if I messed up your name, but thank you so much for subbing over there. And of course, we want to give a huge shout out to our um, every month supporters. Without you guys' listener support, I would, um, well, I mean, I'm not going to say what I would be if I wasn't without you, but I do thank you guys so much. Uh, Dalton, Timothy, Kyle, Andre, Dustin, and Jordan. You guys extremely rock. And I do thank you every time. I should thank you every time, but um, just want to say a big thank you, you guys. Uh, anyone who is interested in listener support, there is a link at the bottom of the episode. You can also send me a message on Facebook or at uh, jrpgreport at gmail.com or just get in touch with me. I will let you know how that's how that's possible. Anyway, back to the news. Um, a interesting looking MMORPG from Bantai Nemco is called Blue Bro... <laughs> Blue Protocol, and it is, uh, I'm not sure exactly when the release date is for this, but they are doing a closed beta um, in March for this one. So sign up is now going on. Uh, you can sign up as of yesterday through their official website. I've got the link for that on Facebook if you're looking for that. Now, there's only going to be 50,000 users accepted. So if you're listening to this, and you want to get on that, keep in mind, as of this recording, it's the 13th. So this has been live since yesterday. You'll want to uh, really push for that as soon as you can. Um, that beta will be... Uh, oh, gosh. Well, I can't... Um, it, it still doesn't say when exactly that's going to start. But they did release a trailer with some new characters, including the player... Fest, Jake, Anlene, Elanese, and Thyrus. They also detailed uh, mounts and character creation in that new trailer. So, of course, the protagonist is the player's avatar. He or she adventures the world in search of their lost memories and before long confronts a spectacular fate. Uh, Fest is a demon human girl who joins the player's journey. She is a cunning trickster that deceives others to get her way around. Very much reminds me, uh, from appearance-wise, she kind of looks like Nia from Xenoblade uh, Chronicles 2. Uh, Jake is the proclaimed top of the top adventurer who's well-known well in Asterleads. He is undeniably skilled, but his behavior is a little untrustworthy. Um, in rain is a mysterious girl who you spot many times in your journey. She helps you without saying much. She seems to be related to the Blatharium religion, but... Irenice is a woman who appeared at the Pillar of Holy Prayers. She claims to have come from beyond space-time for a great cause, and that lies about the future she tells. And Tyrus is a woman who is a bodyguard of Erinese. She always does what she has to and does not stand down for making harsh decisions at times. Uh, they talk, well, in the trailer they talk about the mounts and they show them a little bit more. And it shows he's riding like a big wolf-like creature in this one. And then the character creation looks varied. Uh, you can make just about anyone you want. It definitely, it, it looks like Xenoblade Chronicles in a way. Um, 
but obviously this is an online MMO. Um, it looks interesting. I, I hadn't really seen much on it before until this came out. And so all this information definitely, uh, was interesting. They, here's are the different classes of fire. You can be an Aegis fighter, a close range clash that classes balanced in offense and defense of fights on the front lines with defense skills that use a strong shield. Aegis fighters can protect themselves as well as their party. You could be a twin striker, a close range class that wields dual hatchets and unleashes fierce storm-like attacks by piling up on, by piling up attack on top of attack without break. The twin strikers power will rise even further beyond their limit. You could be a blast archer, a class that specializes in long distance attacks and party support. The Blast Archer utilizes various tactics depending on the state of battle, including attacking the enemy's weak point and range attacks. And lastly, they talk about the Spellcaster, a class that learns attacks of various attributes, including fire, ice, and thunder. The spell class high power and attributes effects are more effective and party-based battles. Yeah, that would not be somebody you want to go solo with. In the character creation, you can freely mix and match a wealth of options from body type, body build, to hairstyle, eye shape, facial features, and more. Create your own custom character. Um, already, they had a 40-minute debut trailer with all the uh, first footage from some of the um, from what they call the Blue Pro Report live stream. It. Uh, talks a lot about customer care customization they go on that for about 18 minutes about seven minutes for the fest encounter and gameplay and then the last 15 minutes are uh, in a town exploring all there is to do with that so if you're looking forward to this blue blue protocol you'll want to uh, find that link and sign up for the beta or stay tuned for more information as it comes up i will pass it along to you guys. <clears throat> Monster Hunter World Iceborne expansion's third major update uh, is now... No, it will launch in March. Um, they had a new trailer for it, and it adds the variant monsters Raging Brachydaios and the Furious Rajang. They are ferocious-looking creatures. I would not want to mess around with that. The... Um, yeah, like I said, it just said that the title update three will launch sometime in March for PC, for PlayStation Four and Xbox One version, and then in April this will come out for the PC. Everything's a little bit behind as the PC launch for Monster Hunter World Iceborne was a little uh, delayed. So if you're looking forward to that, you've got some new monsters uh, coming. Quickly, in some Pokemon news, we talked about Pokemon Home a little in detail the other week. Well, it is now available uh, for Switch via the Nintendo eShop, iOS on the App Store, and Android on Google Play. We talked all about that before, so I just want to let you know that it is now available. Um, the Pokemon Company, Nintendo, and developer Spike Chunsoft had released a new set of trailers and screenshots for Pokemon Mystery Hunter Rescue Team DX. 
Um, the game is due out for the Switch on March the 6th. You can check out the demo right now. But yeah, they, the latest trailer that I saw was The Secret of the Makihita Dojo. So if you're curious about that, you know where to go to find that. Uh, interesting story popped up. And um, the games tracker on a website called Gamstat which tracks everything that's added to the PlayStation Store, has revealed a listing for a Trials of Mana demo. But that's not been announced by officially by Square Enix, and I even double-checked that as of today. That is still not the case. Of course, the game comes out on April the 24th, worldwide for PS4 Switch and PC via Steam. Um, they're saying that the demo will likely release across all three platforms if, in fact, it is true. This seems like a likely thing to happen. Um, I think that they would do themselves a lot of favors uh, in a game like this that drastically changed the gameplay of the original game into something new. A demo really does kind of make sense to come out. Now, I did check that website, and man, it is... This guy does work. Uh, let me tell you, it had everything that uh, is a new listing. And it, it now it listed the game and the demo. And there was one other uh, thing in Japanese that was listed um, as well. And, of course, I don't speak Japanese, so I don't know what that was. So it is it's for real. It's there. That doesn't Now, that doesn't mean the demo is going to come out early. As we've talked about before... Demos, plenty of times they just come out when the game comes out. Um, that is not unusual. We love to think, especially us older games gamers, that uh, we go back to the PlayStation 1 games and getting the Pizza Hut uh, discs that had all the demos or the PlayStation magazine, um, official U.S. PlayStation magazine, is that what it was? Uh, that would have the demo disc on it. So we're used to our demos coming out before the games. Um, that doesn't always happen. Um, I'd love to see it happen. But we'll just have to wait and see. And when that does, I will be sure and, uh, let you guys know when that does happen. Uh, we talked a little bit about Dragon Quest hacked last week and, uh, they released a teaser trailer for it. This past, um, well, just the other day, um, actually not that, just a few hours ago, my bad. Um, they also opened up a sign for a closed beta test that will run from February 27th to March 5th in Japan. So if you want to grab that link, you can. I can't tell you for sure that you're going to be allowed to get in on that as it is Japan. That's just, you never know with these betas. They say a total of 10,000 iOS users and 10,000 Android users will be accepted for the closed beta test. Entry on that will be available for the next 12 days until January 25th. And I'll be honest with you guys, if uh, unless you are super on it, I mean, we all know how popular Dragon Quest is in Japan. And 20,000 people to sign up for a beta might happen in the first hour. I just... I don't know. So we'll keep our eyes open on this game, and especially, in fact, if it decides to head over 
this way. Uh, you've heard me talk about a little bit previously about Genshin Impact, and so its publisher Mihaiho Mihoyo uh, has announced that it will be at the PAX 2020 East um, Convention, which will be February 27th until March 1st at the Boston Convention Center. Um, also going to be there is uh, Honkai Impact Third. There are other. I mean, that one's a little bit more uh, action-based. But in particular, Genshin Impact, which will enter its second closed beta test in Q1 2020, highlights its core features in an open-world RPG title featuring a freely explorable world, varied character roles, elemental reaction-based combat system, and an engaging storyline. Genshin Impact has been widely discussed by both the press and players since being revealed back in June 2019. It will be available at both PlayStation and at the MiHoYo booth during its North American debut at PAX East 2020, where players will be invited to experience the exhilarating adventure of Tavot's first hand. It will be playable on PlayStation 4, PC, and iOS platforms at uh, their booth, and will obviously just be on the PS4 at the PlayStation booth. I did get signed up for that um well i put it i put my uh i put my name in the hat <laughs> whether or not they'll uh, they'll pick me or not i can't i can't be certain i hope if they do that i can do it on uh ps4 i don't want to i've got yeah, i'll tell you what guys i've gotten so away from um playing stuff on my phone i just it's I've got the iPhone 8, right? So it's nothing old. I just it's just too small to play on. I don't enjoy it. Um it it's just too small. Not not good. Anyway, um we talked briefly about and I really don't have anything new to bring to the table. I just want to tell you there was a new trailer released for Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers, which uh focused in on uh Zenkechi Hazagawa. Um, he was in the previous trailer, but this one is all about him showing the interactions, both with the phantom thieves and in battle swinging around, swinging around his great sword and, um, going to town on that. So if you're interested, you can check that out. It's pretty cool stuff. Um, one, just on a quick Persona 5 Scramble uh, tangent. It certainly appears that this is going to be a action RPG sequel to Persona 5. We talked about that previously. But it is interesting that we get Persona 5 Royal and then Scramble will come out. But the new character, uh, Kasami, in Royal is not in Scramble. And you're like, well, they could still reset. No, they can't. The game's coming out uh, in six, in eight, seven days in Japan. <laughs> um, it she's not going to be in there. <laughs> so that's a little interesting. I hadn't. Um, I kind of was lying awake at night sometimes that I can't sleep, and thoughts like that crossed my mind. So um, just kind of interesting to say the least. We'll see. 
I can't wait to get into Scramble. I, I'm so excited for it. I can't. I can't tell you. Um, in other news, um, the Xbox version of Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue will launch in just a few more days on February the 18th, according to the listing on the Microsoft Store. Not a whole lot more to say on that. I believe when I shared it on Twitter, I had the uh, sarcastic remark of uh, Xbox One users I now have the ability to play an old PlayStation 2 game. Congratulations. <laughs> I couldn't uh, I couldn't hold myself back with that one. Um, we had a couple of Falcom-related announcements, and so I got excited for just a moment uh, when I saw Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4, the end of Saga blurb. But it it's not the news um, I was looking for, and it's an odd one. So clouded leopard entertainment, and they are the ones that handle, um, I guess part of it, the PC steam market. They, um, they're going to release the game with Japanese voiceovers and traditional Chinese and Korean subtitles. Um, they will also be releasing the first three games via Steam with the same language options. So it sounds like this is the PC port of all four games, but and it's in their original um, Chinese voiceovers, and then giving them Chinese or Korean subtitles. So nothing to do with uh, um, with these as English. Both Cold Steel 1 and 2 are already available for PC via Steam with the English voiceover. Uh, Part 3 is, of course, coming out on March the 23rd. Still no announcement about a Part 4 English localization. Maybe that's coming at some point. However, the uh, Falcon president, Toshihiro Kondo, was speaking at... um, um, at that um, announcement, and he did say that's about Yeez. He said the Yeez team is starting to move towards the next Yeez. However, I cannot say at this point whether it will be Yeez 10 or a remake of a previous title. Since I'm getting pressured by our staff saying it's going to be the 35th anniversary of Yeez in two years, I want to do my best to be able to show off something as soon as possible. That's interesting news. Um, of course, we are still waiting on Yeez <laughs> 9 here in the West. Um, it came out back in September in Japan. So um, obviously hit that is going to be handled by NS America. So he really wouldn't be able to speak on that anyway. An interesting looking game. Um, and it is called Tears of Ava is being, um, made by P cube and published by Cuckoo Squeaky. Uh, no P cube will publish it. Uh, Cuckoo Squeaky developed the turn-based strategy RPG Tears of Ava for Xbox one and PC this summer. And it, like I said, is just, uh, it's very interesting that you build a party of charismatic, 
charismatic allies and utilize a vast skill tree system to combine classes and skills in a limited number of ways. Lead your party across Asteria in search of the lost city of Avalon, engaging in thrilling turn-based battles and this unique tactical experiences. The game richly rewards buildcraft. Carefully combine your ranger, warrior, mage, brawler, and priest classes to create a suit a party suited to your own tactical strengths. Customize and combine skills and discover the limitless ways in which they chain and react together with another with profound consequences. The dynamic storyline with the choices you make within your party shape the way the story unfolds and affects the dynamics of your party. Side missions are triggered by discussions between different characters. Uh, with hundreds of in-game skills that can be derived both from class and weapons you equip your character with, they'll add a new layer of strategy. Traverse the beautiful and varied world regions of Asteria in search of the forgotten city of Avalon and a lost love hundreds of years previously. There are no right or wrong actions, but every action has consequences. It can shape the way your journey unfolds. Um, it, this looks good. I really hope that, personally, I hope that we get a PlayStation 4 port, possibly even a Switch. It looks like a a pretty cool game that I would be interested uh, to get into. That's about it, guys. Um, this was a bit on the longer side than I thought it was going to be. I was, like I said, I was scared to death. This was going to be a super short, uh, excuse me, uh, podcast, but that's yeah, just about, just about right. So obviously final fantasy seven remakes, breaking news helped out quite a bit. Um, don't have much time to get ready for it, but I hope you are ready as well um i want to go ahead and say i'm going to definitely start trying um to put out a a sunday special each week um it's going to be a little different i'm going to keep uh the news ones and i think i'm going to try to bump this up so they may come out on wednesdays now uh wednesday possibly thursday we'll see how things go and then the sunday special will indeed uh, always release on Sunday, and it's going to be something different. So for this week, in honor of Trails of Cold Steel 3, which I finally uh, wrapped up, with the special edition, they were so nice as to give me the soundtrack to the game. So I thought that would make a pretty interesting little podcast, something a little different. You can just kind of turn it on and uh, sit back and, and check it out, all the all the fantastic tracks from it. I've got a few soundtracks that we can do um, as far as that goes, but I've got some other topics that we can kind of get into um, and hopefully get some, some more content for you guys to, to listen to. I did complete the website. So if you guys want to head over to jrpgreport.com, give it a whirl. Let me know. Uh, how it is if you uh, if you want to message me on facebook or leave a comment or you can email me directly at jrpgreport at gmail.com give some feedback that's great keep in mind i'm certainly not a web developer um i'm just a guy with uh <laughs> i've been you know piecing together uh, over time and i'm still kind of tinkering with how i want 
it to be laid out and what I want it to be, but it's, it's primarily a landing page just to let people know about what we're doing and be able to listen to the um, episodes directly. What it turns into, we'll just have to wait and see, but I really wanted people to be able to, you know, if you Google JRPG report or JRPG podcast, I want that to pop up in order to bring people to to the show. Uh, don't forget, you can do your part just by either leaving us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to, uh, telling your friends about it, sharing us on Facebook, um, all those type of things just to get the word out. I really appreciate it. And uh, the more people that we can reach and, and entertain, the better. So that's going to wrap it up for episode 98 just one more until we reach 100 crazy stuff my name is james fisher thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week to your weekly jrpg podcast this is me signing off but until then get back out there and level up